Are you ready for retirement? Do you feel comfortable about your years of retirement? Many women don't feel ready or have some questions that need to be answered. Welcome to Women Seeking Blissful Retirement with Maria Lucasen. We've got some amazing guests and terrific ideas to make sure you are preparing and enjoying retirement. Now, here's your host, Maria Lucasen. Welcome to today's show of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement at the Empowerment Channel of Voice America, the largest radio platform in the world of talk radio shows. Welcome from everywhere you are listening here in the U.S. states, in Canada, maybe in Europe or Australia or China even. Anywhere you are listening, it's good that you made this decision. I'm very grateful for that, that you made time to find out more about the topic of retirement. It's my great pleasure to present this series of shows and bring subjects that will help you in planning and preparing for the next chapter in your life. My name is Maria Lucasa and I am excited. This is the talk show for unique women who dream to retire soon, blissfully. If this is what you are dreaming about, you are at the right place. You can still be working a job, but if you are contemplating early retirement now because of the situation with COVID-19, you should be listening here. In this show, we feature guest experts on many topics. And today I welcome Michelle Rosa and her sister Gladys Diaz. Um, didn't is not uh, able to make it today. She has um, children and it's first day of school. So she had to um, take care of that instead of being on our call. But her sister, Michelle, is here. Hello, Michelle. How are you doing? Doing great. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. It's a beautiful day here in Florida. I hope it uh, is that everywhere else our listeners are listening. I'm so glad that you are on my show today. And it's such a wonderful topic that I think will inspire many women to think about um, their later life with having somebody, a relationship maybe, that uh, will give them companionship, that give them love, and that give them uh, a good connection with somebody else to do things together. So I want to start off with reading the bio. It's the bio of the two of you. So Gladys Diaz and Michelle Rosa, they are called the Love Twins. They are certified dating and relationship coaches and co-founders of Hearts Desire International. Through their unique and introspective approach to attracting love, their own experiences of heartbreak, Michelle as a divorced single mom and Gladys as a widow, and the inner journey they took to attract and create new and extraordinary love in their own lives have enabled them to relate to women who have experienced heartache and want to experience love again but are frightened, unsure, and unwilling to settle for a less than extraordinary relationship. They are passionate about working with women and seeing the transformation that takes place when they remove the fears and barriers that have been blocking them from having loving, fulfilling relationships so that they are able to effortless create a loving, 
intimate, lifelong relationships their hearts desire. With grace, ease, and fun, and careers and lives they absolutely love. Wow, Michelle, I think you are doing such a wonderful, big job with all those people, all those women, to find their uh, passionate love, or either if they have it, already a husband or a boyfriend, or with women like me who are single and are still yearning for somebody to live the, the last stages of the last 30 years of their life with. So welcome again to our show. I, um, as you, you hear, I'm, I'm very passionate about this topic. It's Not only, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it can uh, make life uh, completely different if there's somebody in your life that uh, you trust and uh, that you have a good relationship with, that you can do things together. So in the, in the bio, you mentioned that you as well as Michelle had some uh, personal challenges before you became actually the coach who is teaching me and other women uh, how to create that loving relationship. Can you tell us a little bit on how you got into what you are doing right now? Sure, and I will share both of our stories because I feel like one of the things that um, is great about what we do is that our stories are so relevant to so many different women. So I'll start with mine and then I'll share Gladys's. So for me, well, I'll start with our combined stories and then and then um, how yeah. that plan panned out. So Gladys and I, um, you know, we're twins um, and we experienced a lot of loss in, in our life. And so one of the things that we're very passionate about training our clients on is that your your past does not have to be a predictor of your future. Because if we had gone by the amount of loss that we experienced losing our dad when we were three years old, and then um, my mom remarrying and then divorcing and then remarrying and then divorcing. And in that third marriage, there was just so much um dysfunction in it there was we went from a life of normalcy with our first stepfather to a life of dysfunction with our second stepfather who brought into the picture alcoholism my mother also became an alcoholic there was a lot of physical abuse towards her um, not towards us but abuse that we witnessed and over the three years that they were together it was it became so dangerous for us to stay in that environment because there was also mental illness on both sides that at the age of 15 um, we needed we made a decision that we had to leave that environment and so in leaving that we went to live with other family members thank god we had that but we also experienced loss again because we were separated from our younger sister who went to live with her dad so there was a lot of loss a lot of dysfunction a lot of there were no really great relationships in our lives that we could say this is what love is supposed to be like And then, you know, we went into uh, a more normal, loving environment with our uncle and our aunt. And then at 17, I had been dating my high school sweetheart and just graduated from high school and got pregnant. Mm. And um, we decided to stay together. And being 17 and not knowing a lot about ourselves, let alone what it takes to make a relationship work, we had um, our first child and then three years later, our second child and stayed in, in that relationship for 12 and a half years and tried everything that we knew to do, you know, to 
try to make it better. But in reality, there was just, it wasn't, it wasn't a healthy relationship. I was repeating a lot of the same patterns that I had seen in my past. I had very little self-esteem and Mm -hmm. I had um, a lot of uh, desire to make it work, but I didn't have the skills. Right. And because my relationship with myself was in such a fragile state, um, by the time that it did end, and it ended because of infidelity um, and many other things, I mean, that led up to that. I, I take my responsibility and my role in that. Um, yeah. My, We ended that marriage, and at 30 years old, I found myself single and in a world that I didn't know because all that time I had been married and I'm a single mother, right? All that time I had been married, this online dating thing had popped up and I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what yeah. it, you know, how to make it work. Mm-hmm. And I did what a lot of single women do, which is what I don't recommend, is I went to my single friends um, <laughs> to figure that part out. But then I kept also going to my single friends to figure out how do I make a relationship work? which hindsight being 2020, if they knew they would have been in a relationship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, five years later, uh, at first I started with so much enthusiasm and I was so hopeful about finding love and this time I'm going to make it right and this time I'm going to make it work and found myself five years later in a very different experience where I was disillusioned, disheartened, heartbroken and frustrated with the whole dating experience. And that is where my love journey began, because I started to see all the different patterns, um, which we can talk about as we get into the um, into the the interview, the patterns of attracting unavailable men, the pattern of attracting men with addiction and men who weren't um, able to commit or weren't willing to commit um, were in some kind of drama situation in their life. That's all I knew. And it wasn't until I started to do my own, what we call now heart work in our, Mm -hmm. in our work, we call it the heart work, not hard work, heart work, um, to get underneath all the layers of the fears and the doubts and the dysfunctional patterns I had learned to discover who I was and what I really wanted in a relationship and undo the learning that I had all those years. And that is where everything changed for me and my friends, um, my single friends saw such a difference that they started asking me, how did you do this? And I started sharing that with them. And we started doing some um, small groups and, and book clubs and things like that. Eventually we had so much success and so many women were finding love, whether they were in their twenties or in their sixties through um, the process that I had gone through that we decided this is what our life's mission is going to be because we had been in coaching for so many years, for 30 years, we have been coaching um, people, Gladys in relationships and me in leadership. And, and so that's how it started for me. And for Gladys, her story was very different. Um, she in high school, um, her path went differently. You know, she um, fell in love with someone who we had known since we were in kindergarten. And um, our paths crossed again at a choir competition and Gladys and, and Andy at the, um, who was our friend at the time, started talking and eventually they developed a very deep friendship that turned into love. And they, it was a beautiful marriage. It was just one of the most beautiful, inspiring marriages um, that I had ever seen up until that point. And they were partners and they supported one another. They sang in Christian ministry together. And then seven years into their marriage, um, 
they found out that Arnie, uh, that I'm sorry, Andy had um, had cancer, and so at 27 years old, um, they found that out. At 25 years old, they found that out, and um, you know they went through a very difficult time with that. But it never, yeah. never impacted their marriage. That's the strong foundation that they had. And then two years later, when we thought everything was fine and he was in remission. Um, the cancer came back and it came back full force and at 27 um, he died in her arms and mm. for her it was just another loss right all this loss she had experienced in her yes. life and um, she didn't believe that she would ever fall in love again and she actually would say I'm never going to love that way again mm-hmm. and eventually one day she said that and she heard herself say it and she realized that she has been sentencing herself to that Right. She started to do her own heart work. And just a few months later, she went out with some friends after she had been stood up by a guy that she (laughs) she had a day with and went to a place where most people would think you'd never find the love of your life, which was a a club. And they saw each other across the dance floor. I mean, it just sounds very romantic, but that's how it happened. Yeah. And um, they they fell in love, got married, and she's experienced her second um, once in a lifetime with Rick and they've just celebrated their 20 year wedding anniversary. Ooh, so, yes. Yeah. And just to finish up on my story, I eventually figured out what was missing and really reinvented myself as a woman and attracted the most extraordinary man that I've ever met in my life. And, uh, we've been together 13 years and celebrated our nine year anniversary in, in February. So, I share all that with all of you not to say, wow, that's a great story for them. It's because if it can happen to us with everything that we face, um, then it can happen for anyone who's willing to take that leap of faith and who's willing to do it with the right skills so that you can have the most success possible. Right. Yes, you both definitely had a life experience there that shaped your life in uh, in a big way. And you both have done your hard work, as you say it, as you call it, your little heart. Not, uh, then uh, that's uh, amazing that you both were able to find a way for yourself to believe in yourself and and find the love of your life. So we want to find out everything about how we should do that. Even (laughs) uh, as a single person, um, there are many women who are single later in life, either because like me, it happened that they are single all their life. Some might have... uh, divorced, other are maybe a widow. Um, Yes, so there's many of us who later in life come again to the situation that we are single and maybe want to have a relationship. So what are some differences that you have noticed when you see um, older women dating compared to the generation that usually is thought of as being dating? Are there differences there? There are some differences and there are a lot of similarities. So I'll start with the similarities and then we'll get to the differences because what we have found, and we work with women all over the world, every corner of the world, all different age groups, all different cultures and races. And what we have found, and this is just universal, is that the difference between the woman who can experience and create and experience love in their life 
regardless of how old they are, regardless of where they live, regardless of what they've been through, regardless of whether they've been married or not, or whether they're divorced or widowed, whatever the circumstances are, the thing that separates the women who can create extraordinary love in their life and the women who don't is and always starts with the relationship with themselves. And what do we mean by that? It's not that you don't think that you're great because you could think that you have, you're great and have confidence, but it's the underlayer of that. It's the deeper, what we call the deeper layers of the heart work where there are fears that we all experience. You know, am I good enough? Mm-hmm. Am I lovable? Yeah. How do I do this? You know, for those of us who have to know all the answers, if you don't have all the answers, you don't make a move, then you don't make yeah. a move when you don't mm-hmm. have all the answers, right? Yeah. Um, it could be, you know, beliefs that we inherited from either our families or beliefs that got created as we were growing up as children and got solidified and cemented into our subconscious minds as we grew up older, like beliefs that, you know, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. Or relationships are hard or it's um, nobody can be happy in a relationship or I need to turn myself inside out to be in a relationship or I have to become someone that I'm not. Those are some of the beliefs that are out there. Um, Men won't find me attractive. And then the dysfunctional patterns of abuse, of arguing, of people pleasing, of, um, you know, attracting codependent relationships into our life. So all of those things can be similar, regardless of your age. Mm -hmm. Being, we all have those in some way or another we have fears limiting beliefs doubts about ourselves dysfunctional patterns stories that we've told ourselves for years sometimes decades and so in that similarity it's being able to have the tools to dismantle all of that and replace it with what does work with the not just the skills but the relationship with self that makes a difference because when the relationship with yourself is solid when you can see a fear as a thought versus the truth when you can see a belief that you believe for a long time as something that you told yourself versus reality all of that then your confidence goes up your ability to trust yourself goes up your ability to trust others goes up and then you can take because it does require faith and it does require courage to say i'm going to make this move so that's the similarity What's different, what we have found is different in the research that we've done and also in the experience of coaching women in their 50s, 60s, 70s, um, and even 80s, is that the older we get, new stories can come up. Like, maybe my time has passed, or I'm fine without a relationship, or um, I don't look the way that I did, and men are only interested in younger women. And so the fear of getting older the fear of not knowing how to do it, you know, the dating apps, if you don't know how to use them, if you don't have somebody there to guide you, how to create a profile, that can be very intimidating. Um, and also the comfort level. Like I have gotten to a point in my life that I like to do the things that I like to do and I don't mm-hmm, want to give mm-hmm. that up. So there's the yeah. fear of how much of myself and of my life am I going to have to change, lose, give up Um, which is a scarcity conversation at its core versus what can I create and how do I get to have it all? And a lot of us hear that buzz, 
line have it having it all but many of us don't believe that we can have it all and you can you absolutely can you just have to know how to create it so those are some of the similarities and the differences and those fears you know also experiencing loss the older we get the more loss we experience so that also um, even though we want a partner we're so afraid what if we're so close to those you know like you said the last 30 40 years of our life what if what if they're gone? And so we are already mourning the loss of someone we haven't even started a relationship with. So all those things, being able to get in the right mindset around it is a really big piece of it. Yes. And I, I, I think uh, that is uh, so true that women who are older, especially singles like me, we have kind of our life put together because we have been living for so long just mm-hmm. as a single person, and in a way, yeah, you, you're happy the way it is. But on the other hand, you think you're missing something still too uh, in, in that respect. So I think, yeah, all the women definitely have a different perspective and different uh, feelings about creating a relationship with somebody that they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so... Uh, you were talking about online dating. It's a big, big thing right now, um, especially now in the COVID-19 situation. Um, I think you only can start dating somebody online. I mean, the, you shouldn't be really out uh, in places, uh, coffee shops and that kind of things. It, it's not possible anymore. So uh, what do you see as some advantages here? Mm. I love that question because there there are so many advantages to this. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to overstep or minimize the amount of loss that some people have felt in losing people that they love, financial loss that they've experienced, the loss of freedom. We're in a state right now where a lot of people um, are dealing with loss. And at the very same time, there are many advantages to in the dating, specifically in dating and really in life in general, to Look at what really matters. One of the things that we have found, Maria, over the last few months where we've all around the world been dealing with this COVID experience is that it has forced us all to tell the truth about the things that all the other distractions in our life were covering up. Whether that's being in a relationship with someone who perhaps the couple has not been getting along with and the woman telling herself, oh my gosh, now we're at home almost 24-7 together. They're both working from home, not being able to go out with friends, not being able to see family and friends or go, you know, in many cases for to the mall even. You know, many people are doing their grocery shopping from home. They're not even going out grocery shopping. So whether it's that, you know, how do I manage spending all these hours with this person that we haven't been getting along and the divorce rate is skyrocketing across the world right now because people haven't gotten the training that they need to be able to communicate and relate with their partner about the issues that can be destructive in a relationship and they don't have the skills to be able to work through that in a way where partnership and intimacy and love connection can be deepened. So that's one aspect of it. Then you have the single people who they're like, well, 
I didn't ever want to do online dating and now it's my only option. Yes. <laughs> um, really, it really is what the best and safest way to do it right now. And we've always thought it's a great way to um, meet people because there's so many options that you open yourself up to in online dating. But the advantage to the single ladies is that you really are going to give yourself the time to do something that what we have found is a big mistake that single women make. It's rushing through the dating process. What COVID ah. has done is it's forced us to slow down. Yes. We're talking on the phone more. I mean, Bumble, Tinder, uh, we, they've all done, uh, sir, well, they've released uh, their numbers and they've said that the number of online communication has gone up since March, February, March of this year. Um, the video chat options that many of these sites had um are being used more now than ever, where the percentage of use was very low. We have, um, they're also reporting that the length in communicating back and forth, where before you might just send, hey, how are you, which drives women crazy, by the way, if any men are. Yeah. <laughs> it's, hey, how are you, and ask another question, right? So yeah. the advantage is that we're giving, we're, we're spending more time getting to know men. That's mm -hmm. one advantage. Two, the advantage that's always been there with online dating is that you get to meet more men at the same time because even in face-to-face -face interactions, let's say you go to a party and you see a couple of guys that you meet, you're only going to be limited to A, those two guys, and B, how much time do you spend with one versus the other? Right. Where online dating gives you the opportunity to go on many different platforms, um, and there are platforms specifically for women who are 50 and over. Yes. And men who are 50 and over, so that it helps you to, um, you know, really zone in on the age yes. that you want. Mm -hmm. And then there, um, there's also the advantage of, of giving yourself the time to get to know somebody. What comes out of that, too, is that they really get to know you. Right. They really yes. get to know you. And then the third advantage that I can think of is that that first date that can be so nerve-wracking, the face-to-face, -face, happens now on a video chat. And with all of us being spending a lot more time <laughs> on Zoom and FaceTime and Skype yeah. and all those different platforms, it's it's easier to do. It yeah. feels a little bit safer and more comfortable to do that, even more so than the, the coffee date, which it can turn into as long as you practice your social distancing and you right. feel safe doing it. Yeah. So those are some some of the advantages right off the top of my head that I can think of. Yes, and, and that is uh, so uh, true in a way. It's um, it, You feel much safer in a way when you're interacting mm -hmm. with a person online just because it's online. You are in your own personal space and it's um, either by texting or email mm -hmm. uh, back and forth or and if you have calls, of course, it's still fairly safe environment. And meeting on a Zoom call, of course, is still exciting to see the other person in real life and, and talk and see the facial expressions. Of course, the missing piece is feeling the chemistry when you go out and see somebody in person. And that's a little bit weird at the moment with dating online. But I think there's ways that you can go around that and... Um, yeah, that you still can find out or meet each other in person. So uh, if you are in that stage 
already updating that you can find out, yeah, is it there? Is it worthwhile continuing? So I have a question. So I am a single person, but I, I guess there's also women listening who have lost a husband and now are wanting um, to look for a new man in life. Would you have any special recommendations for them when they start um, looking for a new um, man of their heart? Sure. So, you know, when you lose a partner, whether it's through death or through divorce, right? When you lose, but I think you're, are you specifically asking about widows? No, you can, uh, we can talk about both. Okay. Yes, sure. Okay. So whether it's, um, death or divorce, both of them are losses. Both of them are very painful. And many people say that a divorce is like a death because there's a death of something that was, there's a death of a dream together. There's a death Mm -hmm. of a future. And then you, and in many cases, you may not ever interact with that person again, particularly later in life where, um, the children may be older. That may happen, um, you know, at a at a holiday or a birthday, and and that can absolutely happen. You can still keep the feeling of family, um, again, with this, with having the right coaching and training and skills, sure. so that you can create that second phase of the relationship as as friends. Yeah. Um, and then there's the loss of someone that whether it was a loss that happened over because of a a long-term illness or unexpectedly can be heartbreaking as well. And then there's this experience of what do I do? Because so much um, of what happens in a relationship is we see ourselves so much as part of our partner's lives and they're part of our lives. So there's this whole piece of it that's no longer there. So the first thing that I would say is for anyone who's either, either in their second stage of life and they're experiencing that loss through divorce or death is that you get some coaching around dealing with the loss first. Mm -hmm. Deal with the loss first because what there's two things that can happen. One is complete and total isolation pushing everyone away. Actually, three things. Two, it's just go out there to fill the void. And then three, it's following a path of healing. So in that path of healing, you can come to terms with what was, you can come to terms with what is, and then you can start to create what will be. So that's the very first thing, because when we don't deal with the loss, Mm -hmm. what happens is at some point in the near or far future, it's going to show up as an incompletion. So being able to complete that experience, that chapter, that relationship in a way that's healthy, in a way that that has you feel um, that the loss happened, yes, but there is the next, like, what's the next part of this? And dealing with it in a healthy way means remembering the happy memories. Um, Particularly in divorce, we tend to villainize Mm -hmm. the other person. So remembering the happy memories, learning the lessons, and then forgetting the details about the things that don't serve you and carrying with you those lessons that did serve you. And then now reinventing who are you as a woman who is single and getting very, very clear, this is so important, about what it is that you, you yourself want to experience in your life and in your relationship. That's one of the things that we have found, Maria, that um, people think they're clear, 
but what they have is an idea or a wish or a hope, but they're not crystal clear about yeah. who they are and what they want to experience. Yes, and I, I, I can't see that. Um, of course, it's uh, devastating if you lose somebody uh, that you were married to for a longer time, uh, even um, if, if it was after an, an, an illness. And also, if it is a divorce, it's always, like you say, you're a, a loss. You're losing something that you had planned, that you had wished, that you had dreamed for, and now mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's gone. And then to... Um, yeah, think of how you can change that situation and really be ready again for finding a new love in your life. That is um, not so easy. That's mm-hmm. my thinking. So you and Gladys, uh, you talk about how women can be more uh, attractive to guys. You're talking about being irresistible. That's such <laughs> a a powerful word, and I would love you to explain to our listeners what that means, really, to be an irresistible woman and uh, how, how you can, can be that. Tell us about that. Sure. So, um, yes, being an irresistible woman, we, how we came up with, with that and why that is such an important part of the work that we do is because we, like I said um, earlier in the interview, there, there are women who are able to move forward in their life with power and peace and confidence and joy, regardless of the circumstances that they've been through and experienced. And those women are what we call the irresistible women. So not only it's not about conquering, it's not about overcoming, it's about moving through those things and being able to do that with power and grace so that it doesn't, the past doesn't limit you. And what we found through the work that we've been doing um, in coaching in our, you know, for over 30 years and all the information that we've compiled uh, from our clients and working with, uh, with women all over the world is that there are certain characteristics that a woman who is able to do that embodies. She embodies that in her life, whether she's in a relationship or not, because many of us have the misconception that we're going to be happy and we're going to feel confident when we're in a relationship. And really all of that happens before you're in a relationship. Yeah. In the re- Actually, it happens in the most important relationship you're ever going to be in, which is in the relationship to yourself. Right. So there are certain characteristics, and I named some of them, being happy, you know, happy in your life, knowing that you are 100% responsible for being happy and the happiness that you experience in your life, creating happiness in your life. Um, there's another one, magnetic. So being someone who's able to attract, a woman who's able to attract what she wants into her life, which comes from being clear about what she wants, who she is and what she wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and believing that she is someone who can do that. Um, being authentic, which is one of the most important characteristics in, in relationships. Um, and it's, it's one that most people skip over. And this is what I was, uh, saying about taking time to get to know somebody. But even if you're in a relationship, you might feel like you're not being authentic because if you've taken on the persona of being the people pleaser, because you want to make the other person happy, avoid, um, conflict, placate and things like that, you might not feel authentic in your relationship. So being able to be who you really are and owning that and knowing that who you are is enough 
is another characteristic. So what the irresistible woman is, is she is a woman who knows who she is, what she wants, and she takes full responsibility for creating the life and the love that her heart desires. And that can happen at any age. And it doesn't have to do with how we look or how much we weigh or what we do or did for a living. All those things are things that we put value on that take away from the value of who we really are. And that's why we're so afraid when we get older and we lose those things. You know, I'm getting ready to turn 50 in October. Yeah. And for a long time, um, I was afraid of turning 50. For a very long time, I was resisting that. And it wasn't until last year, really, um, that I, I came to the realization that 50, and I had heard this, but, you know, hearing things is very different than experiencing them, <laughs> right? Yes, uh, it that is. That 50 is a number. And regardless of how many years I've been on this planet, what do I want the next 50 to look like? Mm-hmm. And so I did start making changes, not just in my health with, I hired a, a personal trainer who's helped me to lose the weight that I had been saying for six years that I wanted to lose. And I've finally met my, you know, my goal weight. She put me, you know, I went to an expert who knew how to do that. This is why co- we believe in coaching so much. You go to the people who've already produced the results so that you don't right. have to go mm-hmm. the hard route. Right? You go yeah, the route exactly. that's, that's results driven. But also in my spirituality, in my mindset, my mental state, my emotional state, my, you know, my spiritual state, all of that. So being an irresistible woman is a woman who really takes full responsibility for creating that. So you can be an irresistible woman in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 80s, 90s, it doesn't matter. It is a way of being in life and being able to let go of the things that you believe or that you, and you don't even know that you believe them that are limiting you, getting Mm -hmm. first in touch with them and then being able to break those down, get to the source and the root of them so that then you can replace them. That is like, that's the gold that we give our clients because when you get there, then you can say, you know what, what is the new truth that I choose to believe and have it be an authentic expression and not just an affirmation that you're throwing up in the air, hoping that at some point it'll manifest because that hope is not a great strategy. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's good to have and it's not a great strategy. Exactly, exactly. Life without hope is 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 not a good life. I mean, uh, you should have hope in whatever you do. But still, uh, I agree with you totally. Um, knowing who you are and being confident and happy with who you are, of course, will make you the most attractive person uh, that you can be and all those uh, outside things that are uh, superficial in a way that give you and um, uh, that, that make you look who you are but um, and maybe give you also a feeling but it's not a feeling that really should be uh, determining how you are as a woman how you mm-hmm. can attract a man of your life so irresistible um i i love it how you uh explain that to us this this uh, uh interview but um, are there some essential ingredients that you would suggest you have when you want to have a loving intimate relationships 
to make this really work. The mm-hmm. when you go, get a date now that uh, that you say, okay, yeah, these are some things that are important. Sure. Right. So let's start with this uh, essential for singles, and then we'll go essential for for um, women in relationships. Because I'm sure that there are women listening who are in relationships. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, great. So mm-hmm. three things that I would say are the most essential for single women. One is date more than one man at a time. Now, oh. some people's heads just went, what? <laughs> right? Cause yes. We're yes. not used to that. What What a lot of women do, and I did this when I was single, and this was one of the biggest challenges. This is what caused the biggest challenge in my dating life is we meet somebody, we start talking to that one somebody, we start liking that one somebody, and then because they're the only somebody we're talking to, we yeah. start not paying attention to things that we need to pay attention to about their character. We start getting attached very quickly mm-hmm. to this person that we hardly know. And what we're doing there is we're limiting our options. We're limiting what is possible for us in dating because when you date more than one man, you will have, first of all, you'll have constant interaction. You'll be talking on the phone. You'll have dates whether they're virtual or live. Um, so you'll you'll have a lot of different experiences and it'll help you to identify which of the men you're with is really a match for that vision you have for the relationship of your dreams. Which one is a good match for your values and and um, your the things that you value in life, the, the, the similar goals. They don't have to have the same goals as you, but do they have goals if that's important to you? And mm-hmm. you can have goals regardless of whatever phase you are in life. So yeah. by keeping your options open, you actually set yourself up to win there. So that's the first thing. Date more than one man at a time so you avoid getting attached so you can have, you can see your options and so you can get really clear about whether this person is a match for you. The second most essential is taking your time and getting to know the person. Don't rush through the experience. It's one of the biggest mistakes women make. They just want to see if it's going to work out. And again, they rush through the experience. They decide that this is the person they want to be with. They sometimes even get married very quickly and then, or, or get into a relationship very quickly, and then they start learning about the person. That is the surefire way to make it harder. This is why a lot of people think relationships are hard. They didn't take the time to get to mm-hmm. know each other. And that doesn't mm-hmm. mean, you know, you have to date them for four years. Uh-huh. Arnie, and I, Arnie and I did date for four and a half years before we got married, but Gladys and Rick dated for um, a year before they got married. Yeah, they were they were dating. They got engaged in six months and they were married within a year. But they took their time in getting to know each other. And they were asking each other the really important questions. Not so much. Why did your last marriage end? By the way, that that's another tip. Don't ever talk about that in the first, second or third date. It's like it's not even relevant <laughs> to, yeah. to what's going on. But and you want to keep the conversation and which would be the third thing is keep the conversation light. Yeah. But get to know them enough that you can. Spend enough time with them on the phone. Talk about things that are important. What's going on in their life? Notice how they react to the challenges that come up in life. Is that a match for what you want? Mm-hmm. And and then, like I said, the third one is really, um, oh gosh, I just lost my train of thought. So the third one is, yeah, so once you, you get to know them, then now you want to make sure that you're keeping things light and fun in dating. One of the reasons why dating feels hard for people is because, they, they they come into it with all their baggage. Oh, this, yeah. 
you know, so get, you know, work through your quote unquote baggage, which is why coaching is such a great way to do that. So that when you go into dating, you're not bringing all of that with you and you're not making the person who's in front of you prove all your stories right or wrong, right? You want to be there free of Mm -hmm. story. So those are the top three things for, for single women. For women in relationships, the top three things that are essential for creating a loving, intimate relationship, first of all, you have to know that you and your partner, you're different genders, and so you are going to experience things very differently, whether the experience is the way that you communicate, the way that you listen, the way that you process information, the way that you pay attention to details. Men and women are different. I know we've done a lot of work to get to our equality, but biologically, we are different. And we Mm -hmm. look and experience things differently. And one of the things we really help our clients to understand is the differences between men and women so that we can embrace them versus trying to fight against them or try to get the other person to just see it our way. Wise, yes. Very, very big um, thing to have there. So um, understand that there are differences. Your partner and you can be compatible and not be exactly the same. Mm -hmm. The second really important ingredient in any relationship is to have a foundation of integrity. Um, And that starts with integrity with yourself. So really setting clear boundaries, setting up what we call the rules of engagement. This came from something that Anya and I created ourselves in our relationship on the first day we started. We were a committed couple. We started creating what are... And they're called rules of engagement. Really, they're agreements that we've come up with around how we're going to communicate. Um, if someone's upset and they need to leave the room, how do you say that so the other person doesn't feel like they're just left? Who's responsible for what in the household so that there's no nagging? Nothing has to be nagged about because each of us knows what our roles is. Um, how do we spend holidays? How do we um, manage finances? If we're in a, um, you know, we can't come to an agreement who's going to have the final word and in the final say in the decision. So creating agreements about how you're going to communicate and be in the relationship. That's another essential thing. And that starts with, you know, the integrity of the relationship and being in partnership. And then the, the third thing is having the skills to communicate and relate effectively without these skills you could be destroying love that exists. Love is important and it's not enough to make a relationship work. You can love somebody and be doing the things that create pain for you and your partner knowingly or unknowingly. And so knowing how to do, do uh, how to communicate and relate with your partner in a way that works for both of you, learning how to compromise sometimes And being able to talk about the things that are working and aren't working in a relationship in a way that both people can not only speak, but also feel heard and understood. So those are the the three for people in a relationship. Wow, wow. So many (laughs) wise words here, Michelle, for everybody who is listening. No matter if you are a single woman or that you are married and you might want to improve your relationship with the person that you're living with. Michelle, um, this hour has flown by. I say thank you for being on the call this morning. It's only a few more minutes left. So I'm going to 
quickly uh, do my final words for today. And I always have a quote that I give to the listeners. And the, the quote that I want to read today is, and I choose you in a hundred lifetimes, in a hundred worlds, in any version of reality, I'd find you and I choose you. It's from Kirsten White. So that is my quote about relationships, about finding the love of your life. Maria, yes. Maria, I, I just want to say one really quick thing because um, we want to give something to your to your <gasps> listeners. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes, tell so, us. So very quickly, starting on Sunday, we are, and really it's Monday, but Sunday you have a pre-assignment. We are inviting all of your listeners to join the Self-Love Secret Mission and I'll give you the URL on joining that. It's heartsdesireintl.com slash selflovesecretmission. heartsdesireintl.com slash selflovesecretmission. It's a five-day mission that's going to help everybody discover the secrets of a lot of what we've been talking about today. How do you create that deeper relationship with yourself so that you can have that extraordinary love that you want? How do you stop self-sabotaging yourself so that you can either keep the relationship you have thriving or create the one that you really want? And what if you could finally feel happy, fulfilled, and irresistible loving yourself so that you can make that love uh, be amazing experience for you and the men that you love? So oh, if excellent. your listeners are yes. interested, they can go and sign up and they will get the, all the information they need on the self-love secret mission. Excellent. Excellent. I love that you're doing a challenge for all the listeners and everybody else out there that wants to create love in their life. So if you enjoy the show, dear listeners, please, uh, you can leave comments by just emailing me or uh, going to uh, one of the big uh, podcast sites where you can leave a rating. It's going to be a different topic as tonight. I thank you all for listening and have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Women Seeking Blissful Retirement. Your host, Maria Lukasen, will return with another show next Wednesday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Together, we'll help you enjoy better retirement.